amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. It's the Afternoon Underdogs on Cards Radio 790 KRD. Now, here's Tony Vanetti and Dave Jennings. Hello, everyone. Hello. How was your day? It was lovely. All right, then. I want some tea and crumpets. Uh, <laughs> We're going to have fun, 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 fun today. We have been having fun. We got Clay Abel, not Clay Travis or Clay Matthews. Clay Abel. The sporting Clay. He's going to come in. He's, uh used to be a high school kid that used to do a lot of sports. So did you. I, well, well he didn't some do of my sports. teachers would argue that he was technically a high school student. Um, but Clay Abel's going to come on. He works for the ACC Network and the SEC Network. He does these gymnastics and one of the questions I'll ask him is, what the hell do you know about gymnastics, and how do you call that game? What is there to know? There's a pommel horse? What, what do you mean, what is there to know? The nuances to the whole thing. Plus, he has this dumb opinion. I'm not. I'm already saying it's dumb. But he's got something about Mahomes that he wants to say. It's not a dumb opinion. It is an overreach okay. at this point in his career, I okay. would think. All right. Uh, Norv McKenzie is going to come on. He's running backs coach, University of Louisville fighting Cardinals. Yes. He came on last year, and boy, did they have a good uh, season at running back. Mm-hmm. He has two running backs coming back next year. They combined for 2,000 yards. We'll talk to him in just a couple of next minutes. Next year's offense is going to be a lot of fun. Cannot wait. Plus, we'll hear from Coach Mack and Ryan McMahon as tonight. University of Louisville fighting Cardinals are playing at the Yale Center. 9 o'clock tip. Pre-game coverage starts at 7. 9.05 ESPN 2. You have Dan Dockich as your color man. Louisville favored by 16. The guy to watch out for in Wake Forest is Brandon Childress. He averages about 15 points a game. The main thing with Wake Forest... Is he not- related to any of the famous Childresses? Yeah, his dad is a famous Childress. Okay. I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Cool. So they've played okay for a team that doesn't look very good on paper. They got blown out by Duke, but other than that, all of their league losses Stop. have been by 10 Stop. points or Stop. less. Yeah, so they hang around, but they lose. The thing with Wake Forest is they get to the line a lot. I've heard this... For the last 12 ACC opponents. Well, the record is this terrible number, but what they've done is played these teams down to the wire. What happened with Georgia Tech? That's what happened with Georgia Tech. But that's not going to happen tonight. If you don't pay attention. They're going to whoop them. They get to the line 24 times a game. Louisville is going to whoop Wake Forest and their creepy mascot. They should. I'm calling it. All right, then. Where's my dinghy? I need a dinghy over here. You take it with you everywhere. All right. There you go. There's a dinghy. Thank you, Elliot. Thank you. So that's the Um, game. That's the game. Did you see the Chiefs, uh, the parade and then the car chase? Yeah, someone's trying to get away from the cops, so he thinks, hey, parade route. Let's get on the Chiefs parade route and evade law enforcement. It's like the Blues Brothers. What are you doing? So the police go out. They get those strips out. That take the tires uh, out. What do they call those, like thunder sticks or something? Something like, like that. Yeah, yeah. 
and then he was still moving, so they did some kind of move where they spun him out. Stop sticks. That's what they're called. Stop sticks. Yeah. So they spun him out before he could get into the crowd. They, they're running their cars into this car that's driving down the parade route. Shocking. He may have been impaired. No. But they said there were no weapons or any indication he was planning on driving into the crowd I, or anything like that. The, the chief fans have been partying since Sunday night, Sunday morning. There's a guy with his... Uh, Somebody, I think it was Rex Chapman tweeted it out. The the guy's got his pants pulled down, so his whole butt is hanging out. Oh. And he's climbing a tree, and he falls out of the tree with no <laughs> pants. And I was like, the Chiefs fans are gone nuts. It's probably a 45-year-old CPA, too. Have we, did you see our boy last night, Adam Lefko, on TNT pregame? I heard he was there. I didn't oh. see him. I was like, what is going on? Our boys become a star. Oh. Let's text him, by the way, and get him back. We got to get him back. Let's see if he's he'll... too big now, man. No, you said that once. I did. Dogs we... 1.0. Yeah. He went to New York. You said he's going to forget about us. Yep. He called us every single us week, every Thursday, man. He did. He went to the Beecher Report about five, six years ago, and I said he won't call us ever back. And then he even, you know, after he got up there, there was a little bit of hiccup or two, and he was like, you know what? I don't know if this is what I'm going to do with this. What do I want to do? And then. It settled in, and him and him and Sims blew up, mostly with NFL. No, this is a good good lesson because they worked hard. At first, they were doing video after video after video, like, day after day, right, like yeah. thirty nine people, right? And uh, then bang! So last night he was on the pregame show on TNT with Shaq and D Wade, and uh, Lefko was one of the most interesting parts of the pregame. Cool. So it was cool. It just you get goosebumps. You're thinking your buddies that are working so hard, and now they're they're sitting next to Shaq. On one of the most famous, or maybe the most famous NBA show on TV right Is now. Is he going to be Ernie too? No, I think he, well, he's filled in last night, so it's not going to be a permanent thing, I don't think. But he could kind of be Ernie's stand-in or sit-in. Just so cool. Just And he did such a good job at HAS here. He worked at WHAS 11 with Kent Spencer, and they were a great duo. Uh, but he is make, doing his big things up there in New York City. New York City. Uh, okay, Todd Sharp reaction, uh, 5701-7900. Let's play... Uh, the interview that Connie Leonard had with Todd Sharp yesterday, I edited it just a tad bit. Todd Sharp, by the way, the ex-coach of the Lady Birds, winners of 79 national championships. Is it, you're making that no, It's not 70. It's got to be close. It's all right. You combine high school with college, I'm sure. Right. He had the, had the television show. Right. Then also had an investigation alleging that he took money from the Lady Birds and right. then an incident where he shot himself. Mm-hmm. It wasn't in the buttocks, was so, it? So it was they were calf. Uh, both in a calf. And so... I thought it was in the butt because it was in the pocket. But he explains what happens, why he was at Marriott. Uh, he said he took an Uber there to have drinks with his friends at the Marriott, and it picks up the interview right here. I sincerely forgot that it was in my pocket. It's a handgun. Sharp tells us he had been carrying a loaded gun ever since his home was broken into a few weeks ago. You know, I didn't go to the police with that because I knew what would happen. It would be like this. Everything with me is sensationalized. Sharp says he took an Uber to the downtown Marriott to meet friends for a drink around 9 o'clock. I remember thinking as I'm reaching for my phone, I thought, what is that? And I looked and I could see the edge of the the gun sticking out of my pocket. He says as he tried to put the gun in his bag, it fired. It was deafening. You know, I've never fired that gun in particular ever. And of course not inside of a building. It was deafening. Sharp suffered a wound to his leg but was released from the hospital the next day. He says he never knew UofL's baseball leadoff dinner was going on the same night at the Marriott until Metro detectives showed up at his house days later. 
and they you know, said, how much do you hate Vince Tyra? And I said, I do not respect him, and I do not care for him, but I, I don't hate him. Why? You know, what does this have to do with anything? Sharp says detectives seemed satisfied he didn't know anything. Connie, I, I would take a polygraph then. They did not have me take one. I would take one today, tomorrow. I, I do not like Vince Tyra. I cannot believe how he has handled the situation with me and numerous other coaches. But I would never, ever hurt him. I would never hurt myself or, or anyone else. And, uh, you know, and I love my kids too much for that. I, I, love, I love UofL. I love UofL. It's been a heartbreak for me. You know, outside of my children and grandchildren, everything I loved the most, you know, what really made me me was taken from me. He was doing really good up until the end. Why did he mention I would never hurt myself? I wonder. Um, he was going to the bar, supposedly, to have drinks with a buddy. So. Maybe they thought, again, we didn't talk about what the rumors were or the speculation of why he was there. But the speculation was, and why the police were called, that he was there to do harm to Vince Tyree. Uh, and possibly maybe himself afterwards, you know, the whole boom, boom. Mm. Uh, so I assume that's what he is talking about. He was doing great until the end where he was just like, no, I don't hate him. I don't like him. I mean, I don't hate him. There are pretty big coincidences in the world. My wife and I like to do happy hour once in a while or maybe four times a week. What? So, but the amount of times we say, you know what? Let's go downtown to a $12 a drink hotel bar tonight. Right. So to be in a place to meet friends just happens to be the baseball leadoff luncheon. I mean, yeah. it's possible or leadoff dinner. Sure. It's certainly I mean, a lot of coincidences in yep. life. It's a big one. Yep. Well, set a rule on your Friday night if you shoot yourself in the leg. Yeah. See, the thing is, when you get older as guys, you don't have a butt anymore. Right. So that's how you shoot yourself in the leg because the butt's not in the way. <laughs> uh, what happens to our butts? I don't know. It turns to hair and comes out our ear. Oh, no. The, uh, we wish the best for all parties. Yeah, we right when you think you're you're out of the entire uh, crazy era that they they've wrapped up a couple of years ago to where it was something like this. People forget. Oh, the new norm happens so fast. It's like listen to this video and what this wave three interest. This stuff happened every week under the last administration. Sorry. There was a lot of successes, but there was a lot of this stuff. And it was just every single week, and you were just like, what is going on down there? And it was year after year after week after week. And then all of a sudden, we get this long period, two years, where none of this stuff is going on until now. So we're hoping that all parties moves on very quickly. And if it was misunderstanding, fantastic. The University of Louisville has a responsibility to its employees, to the students, and to everyone else. And everything about me is sensationalized. Okay, it wouldn't be if you just applied for other jobs, got another job, um, and didn't show up at a hotel where the AD was and shoot yourself. All you got to do is lay low, man. Some yep. school will hire you. Just lay low for a while, let it all blow over, and then someone will hire you because schools want to win championships. And you're really, really good. Yeah, man. Yeah, there's no doubt. Uh, okay, so uh, Fox Sports, today is National Signing Day, right? But yep, a lot yep. of kids signed Last December, there were a, a handful of right. four and five star, three star people that were uncommitted officially that signed today, but not a right. drastic thing. Right. The teams at the top collected most of those. Louisville. Georgia, by the way, solidified the top class according to rivals. Did they really? And then Clemson second, did. Alabama third. Of course they did. Kentucky 23rd, Louisville 40th. 
Yeah, all right. Um, Louisville's average stars, they're right at three. Teams that are around 20, average stars like 3.2. So how you can really tell the, the difference, um, you know, we'll find out. I, I've, always, coach them up. I've always said if you're in the 30s, you're going to be fine. Um, Louisville right now, you know, is not in a place where you're talking about national championships just yet. Um, but if you're going to get in that kind of category, you're going to be in the top five, top five, top ten. Um, but in the mid thirties for what Louisville and Kentucky want to accomplish right now, I think is pretty good. Uh, they're in the forties this year, but you know what? Um, they're working on it. Yeah. Louisville has that one four star and 22 three stars. Right. Just to compare that with Georgia. Yep. Who has five five stars, 14 four stars and six threes. So. Uh, if you if you hit on all of them, you're going to be okay. But when you have classes like that, you can miss on several. We'll ask uh, Norv McKenzie about the walk-ons. We can't ask him about recruits because coaches cannot talk right. about recruits until they enroll and they're on campus. We know that much. Uh, but there are they are the walk-ons are local. Okay, got a Saint X kid. Uh, uh, Jody was just talking about another one of the walk-ons. There's like that kid can actually play, so it's going to be awesome. So I uh, can't wait to talk about all that with the with the running backs coach, uh, North McKenzie. Uh, they, uh, uh, Jody said he's a great interview too. Now, fo- uh, Fox College Football asked the question: If you were a top level college high, high school football player, where would you go if you could pick? Dave. Well, I would go somewhere where I could play. Um, okay, but I also want to go pro. It just depends. People always say, "How does Georgia line up five five stars on the line when five of them are ahead of them?" Because they know if they can beat those guys out mm-hmm. at the college level, they'll make it to the mm-hmm. NFL. So if I if I'm elite, I want to go to an NFL pipeline school. If I'm not elite, I want to go to a place I can play a lot and maybe build up my rep. Eighteen year old Tony Vanetti goes to Florida. Okay, I'm going to the UF. I'm gonna uh, go ahead and turn Clay's uh, mic on, Elliot. If if it's not already on, Clay Abel's, how are you? What's going on, sir? Hey, well, I was gonna say you're going to Florida legally or illegally. Listen, I, I why would... Florida over Florida State, by the way? Oh, I'm Couldn't sorry. Couldn't get into Florida State. Uh, Florida seems like the girls are prettier. It's closer. Well, Florida's actually a little higher ranked academically. They're like thirty something, and okay. Florida State's fifty something. To insult your Seminoles, <laughs> oh, dude. That's okay. I, I just, <laughs> more girls than guys in Tallahassee. More, are there? more guys really? than girls. Oh, in Gainesville. Well, maybe that's why the the reputation is. What maybe that's the result because I've always heard you go to University of Florida on a visit. <laughs> you go to the University of Florida. Uh, 18-year-old Tony would go to Florida. He'd be go to Louisville because I was such a crazy Louisville fan. 18-and-a-half-year-old uh, would be kicked off campus. But if it was my son, um, and if it was anywhere, it'd be Notre Dame's, Vanderbilt, oh, Stanford. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. It would be, it would go, you'd go to an academic school. Northwestern. 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 Stanford. And here's Stanford. If he, it, it, you know, uh, we talked about... Uh, Stephen, pay to get him into USC. Stephen, <laughs> Stephen Herring, uh, Trinity's uh, senior last year, Switched from Michigan to Stanford. And people were like, oh, he flipped. And oh, it's so like, he's a red herring. So he went, yes. And ladies and gentlemen, that's Dave Jennings. And we're back. Uh, and we're back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but he flipped from Michigan. And Michigan's academically is top notch, especially if you're going to do some sort of uh, yep. aeronautical. One of the top public right, schools. Right, engineering yep. schools, yeah. Uh, but Stanford is Stanford, man. So you go you go play for Stanford and you go to school there. So um, Michigan State for John? N- no, not a chance. <laughs> 
yes, yeah, so I would go academic route. Notre Dame, Northwestern, Vanderbilt, Stanford, those kind of schools would be like, if you get go anywhere, that's where you're going. Why are you shaking your head, Clay? Well, well, I just like that you've turned into the hypocritical dad. You, you lived your life. Are you right dying right. your hair? Well, how no. old are you? Are you really going to go down the are dying you 20, hair route? I don't dye my hair, so don't that even now, try. Stop. Look how, at how his many hair. different supplements are you on now? That is... Uh, only vitamin A, B, C, and D. <laughs> testosterone. And testosterone. Anything else? Viagra. Well, yeah, Viagra too. Mm. Legal. Well, I was just joking. States. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, don't knock it till you pop uh, one. That's right. Whoa. Uh, whoa. Uh, Is that why you called me last night? It was four I, hours? I'm just saying your hair got darker. Are you it looks doing better. something? No. Looks better, but I grew it out. You know, for the people, but all right. Uh, if people the don't people know were Clay, demanding it, were they? Yeah, a lot of people. Tell yeah. everybody that don't know who you are, Clay. Clay Abel's here. Uh, I was Tony's leader uh, last year on Tony and Dwight's show, and then before that, and still, I'm with uh, ACC Network Extra, SEC Network Plus, doing play-by-play broadcasting, and also teacher over at uh, WJHI Jeffersonville. Yeah, when he first got his job at teacher, I went, "All right, sit. have a seat. <laughs> what are you, what are you teaching? Yeah. Have a seat." First of all, this recommendation didn't exist. Uh, radio and television. They work for uh, that. The radio and TV over there, um, Dench is the teacher. Yes, Tim He's Dench. the driving force over there. Used to be at Wagner. Was, was at New Albany now? No, no, no. You it can't is say New Albany. Floyd Central. That's, oh, that's Floyd Central. Central. I'm sorry. You got I'm a problem sorry. there, man. <laughs> He's listening right now. It's the finest studios I've ever seen. Uh, they're they're yeah. 10 times better than what we better have. Better than this? Oh, it is. They're <laughs> incredible. It's incredible. Um, okay, so where would you go? Oh, easy. USC. It's not even close. Why? Do I need to explain that to oh, you? Oh, Lord. Uh, seriously? Okay, yes. first of all, best weather. Let's just start with that right out okay. the gate. Well, go, go to San Diego State then if you want the best weather. Well, we're weather. talking okay. power elites. I was going to say Pepperdine would be, but I don't think they have a football team. Uh, USC's got to be top. Best tradition. You got, what, the most Heisman winners, best place to live. And then, I mean, did you see how much fun Matt Liner and Reggie Bush had out there? Yeah, but that it's was not a long bad time, time ago. That was 15 years ago. ago. So it's not bad out there. It, well... Come on. It's downtown it's LA, right? Is it down downtown? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's just outside it. Just avoid the two mile homeless camp. Do you really need to drive when you're at USC? No. Yeah, you're just hanging Probably at USC not. all day. You're just going no. there in the Coliseum. I, it's a tough. It's, it's, if you I, want to be a rock star, that's the place you go. I mean, because you are the yeah. face of college football if you're at USC because. Name TV, a couple, name a couple of USC studs right now in the pros. All right, look, they've had some rough patches. <laughs> We're not. So they, I'm saying I'm going to change the program and bring it back to prominence. That's my job as a five star. Well, that's a go-to phrase. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, they've had a rough patch. Yeah. Didn't Things have been on the up, but you know what? We're going to turn around here. Did Pat Hayden go there? I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Come all on, the Heisman hey, winners aren't on. the best guys either. But besides that, yeah. Uh, I think it's an interesting question because it, I think it says a lot about whatever uh, what your goals are. I'd have to find if some school had a bowling team. So <laughs> th- this thing was not on my radar. I never understood um, the the Alabama thing to where how do they sign the number one, three, and five running back of any class? Like normally the the top five running backs go to five different schools. They don't right. want the competition out of the guy. But somehow Alabama, ra- you know, just but every kid goes pro out of there. So, I mean, how? I mean, Trent Richardson, Derrick Henry. I mean, the whole list. I mean, Ingram. at the end of the day, they're still going pro. Yeah, there's a long list of running backs, and you know, you've got guys to beat out just to start there. Yeah. If, you, if you can do that, you're starting yeah. for Remember the Jaguars. Kamara for the uh, Saints. He couldn't play at Alabama. He had to transfer to Tennessee, and he was what? Kamara went to Alabama. Yeah, he transferred from there. He I went thought to he Tennessee. went to LSU. Oh, Tennessee. He transferred he was, from there. Yeah. 
He was Alabama's extra. I know extra. you've been out of the sports scene for a while. <laughs> he was Alabama's extra. He was. Now he's he dominating he the be, NFL. Well, he couldn't beat out Ingram, Richardson, and the rest of those guys, yep. so he had to transfer. All right, we come back. Clay has an, o- an, an overreach. Make. A lot of statements. He has a statement to make. So we'll make room for that. You're good. And don't run your car into an embankment after you hear what he has that to say. That was in the parade today. Yes. Not <laughs> Sit tight. Here. It's the afternoon under Oaks on 790. KRD. All right, Coach Norv McKenzie is going to join us, running back coach at the University of Louisville, Fatty Cardinals. We'll talk about, he's got two pretty good running backs coming back next year, the H Brothers. And a pretty good quarterback, and I'm going to love this offense. Everybody's yep. going to love this offense next year. All right, meanwhile, we brought in Clay Abel. Hello, Clay. Abels, can you ever do my name right? I'm, I was going to do Jesus. a like, Clay is able to stir it up. He's Abel's like the Kroger's. <laughs> You need All to right. go back to Tony. You got, you got, you got, uh, you got, uh, <laughs> trust me, I'm doing both, Clay. Um, Save that segment for the nine o'clock hour. What are you, uh, what do you, what's the dumb thing you want to say? Oh, first of all, it's not dumb. It's factual. If, if anybody, oh, yeah, let's just factual. start with that. Let's start with that mm. case. If anybody saw the Super Bowl Sunday, a lot of talk about the halftime show, but you guys have beaten that to death. The real story here is that we have seen the ascension of a new top five all-time quarterback in Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> He's already reset <laughs> level to all time. time top five, time to top five currently in no, the no, NFL. No. He's number one currently. We're talking all time, like record books. You all saw the NFL oh, 100 okay. all teams. I'm sorry. Who are these? Who are these quarterbacks that are actually in front of him? Well, I think you have to go Brady at this point. Montana, okay, still there. I okay. think Peyton Manning by a smidge. Okay, by a smidge. smidge. He won the second Super Bowl, yes, and he was he did as much of that Super Bowl as John Schnatter did. And then you had the fourth Super fourth guy. I guess you Johnny Unitas. No, Unitas. Brett Favre. Unitas was working at UPS. He's not better than Patrick whoa, Mahomes. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You better watch your language when you're talking about Johnny Unitas on this show. Kurt Listen. Warner did groceries, dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Listen. What's Mahomes do on the side? You go through Mahomes. Okay, first of all, let's just look at his postseason this year. 12 passing touchdowns. And a rushing two. The best in postseason history. 4-0 in double-digit comebacks this year. He's ascended himself top five all time. Once. <laughs> You what do you said, mean it's nothing? It's nothing. Who's it's your top season. five? Who's your top five? Uh, Tom Brady is yes, top five. Okay. As we much all agree as with it that. hurts We me. have to agree that. And Joe Montana, number two. It's not even a question. Okay, Those well, are one and one A. You right, can't look at Terry Bradshaw. Brad, Bradshaw was handing the ball off to Franco Harris. He was not leading that team. you got to play for more than a week to be greatest of yes. all time. Listen, if you look at all those guys, Bradshaw, even Marino put up great numbers. Still no Super Bowl to go there. Favre has Did one Super Bowl. put up great numbers? Yeah, Marino put up Marino put, put up, up great, great numbers, numbers for That's his it. era. That's They're, it. Where's the Super Bowl? Trent Dilfer has a Super Bowl. Brad Johnson has a Super Bowl. But Mahomes led this team back-to-back years. You go with AFC Championship game, now Super Bowl. He's ascended in the top five of all time. He's <laughs> at that list. You can laugh at all you want. You can throw Terry Bradshaw, Norm Van Brocklin, uh, or whoever else from your high school days are back, but they're not in the top five. He is. you uh, got to play for at least ten years before you no. can even talk about greatest of all Do time. Do we have to look at Michael Jordan after ten years in the NBA? We knew he was Roger, the best player after about five or six. Roger Stallback not ever. Oh, is ahead of Mahomes. Yes. Dude. Can we name one Roger Staubach? Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? Two stat? Super Bowls? No, I'm talking stat. Like, what, what does he have? Does are you he kidding? have any numbers? Oh, my God. Would you like me to pull him up? Patrick yeah. Mahomes in a crappy first half. So he, he pulled it together at three good plays he in the second half. He had the best half. postseason in the Plus, history of the picks. NFL. Plus, he sounds like John Yarmouth. <laughs> he does. I'm going to matriculate the ball down the field. So, at he halftime, has a great I, Heinz commercial. I was angry at halftime. Very I angry. I was angry, angry. And I said, I'm going to win this game. Yeah, he did. 
and then go to Disney World. Yeah. Listen, you can make fun of him all you want, but he's past Marv, he's past Marino, and he's, I think at this point, he's maybe, past, he's maybe past Elway. Oh, my God. Seriously. Elway's two Super Bowls are won by oh Terrell Davis. Elway went to six Super Bowls How and won bad two. Boys won? Terrell won two, and he lost Maybe to four. he went to more, didn't no. he? Elway go to more than six? five. No. No, 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 no. He lost a bunch. Denver won two a bunch. Craig Morton was quarterback for one of those. So. But those Jim Super, Plunkett won two Super he Bowls. He lost all those Super Bowls, and then the two he won were Terrell Davis. Patrick, he didn't win those Super Bowls. Patrick Mahomes ain't no Jim Plunkett. Jim Plunkett was not an attractive man, no, he but he won two Super Bowls. Looks like Noriega. Is that a plumbing? <laughs> is that a plumbing sponsor you all have? Who's Jim Plunkett? They're going by Super Bowls. Look, he's clearly. If you look at the numbers, first all of all, right, which all is right, what yeah, is yeah. the data? Yeah. He's put himself in that category. Yeah. Secondly, talent-wise, who's mm-hmm. got more talent than him? Deep ball <clears throat> moves, the whole bit. No. Who's your top five, then? You're not giving me the last three. No, no, no. no. We named 18 that were ahead of Mahomes right now. You think Jim Plunkett's better than Patrick Mahomes? Right now, you can't oh, put him there. Troy Aikman's ahead of Patrick Troy Mahomes. Troy Aikman is ahead. Three Super Bowls, yes. Ahead. Troy right Aikman now. or Emmitt Patrick Smith. Mahomes has the potential to be one of the greatest quarterbacks Correct. of all time. Correct. He He's has all of the there. tools. He's he already has there. the potential. He okay. has shown the ability. I understand ability. you guys are old and you just got no, back. No, 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 I know. No. I listen. I know you haven't done you've sports training about no, four years and things have passed no you by. You've given no You've given no evidence except have, for one playoff run. He is Mark Rippon right now. Again, I, is that another uh, plumbing? If you or, would have just said he is going to be top five all time, that would have made sense. No, but currently top five all time. What if he is blows? Dumb. God forbid he blows a knee and can't play again after next year. He's still Greatest top five of all, of all he is time. At the top five of right? all time yes, after currently. three years in the league. You're telling me one game with your life on the line. You want Troy Aikman over Patrick Mahomes? Yes. Wow. Yes. You're not. No. That yes. that that's a bad take. Not even close. That's a bad take. If I've got if both of them in their prime, yeah, yeah. I'll take a, him over Marino with no Super Bowl. Marino. Marino was. Not smart enough to tell the Dolphins I need a running back. If he had just had a running back, L- listen. The best thing he did with the Dolphins was that Ace Ventura movie. Okay, I don't want to hear this. Oh, so he, hey, where's his playoff oh, run? Ice where's a, his playoff Ice run? Isotoner gloves. Hello, Isotoner gloves. Hello. <laughs> did you stop sports radio in nineteen ninety? What, what kind of twenty thirteen? <laughs> what kind of gloves is Mahomes endorsing? He's got the Heinz ketchup deal, man. He's putting the, he puts mm. the ketchup on the steak. All right, your your statement was done. Here we go. Um, DRB is reporting that, uh, and it was from ESPN also, Pete Rose is going back for more. He wants to be reinstated. Uh, Rose and his attorney got to a baseball commissioner. They want to meet with baseball commissioner Rob Manfred, and uh, they want to remove Rose's name from the game's uh, ineligible list. He is using the Houston Astros as the argument to the commissioner, Dave. Well, Pete Rose gambled on games that they could never prove that he threw anything, mm-hmm. that he managed his team to a win or a loss intentionally to personally benefit. Mm-hmm. However, the Houston Astros had a garbage can and a wooden spoon, and they were helping their team win 162 games. So you're saying he has a case. He has a case in my mind. The problem is... There's a rule in the rule book that talks about gambling. There's not a rule about stealing signs, electronic or not. That's the problem. Here's the case. Does he really think he's going to get reinstated, or is he doing this more for more publicity? No, because every think, time he does one of these things, a book comes out, or he's now signing autographs in Vegas. Is it more of that route, or is he really thinking it reinstated? I don't think it's in question that he's turned into a horrible person. That he's turned into this kind of really bad, um, angry, bitter, and and some would say with with uh, with reason. You know, he's promised when he took the deal. 
that the commissioner said, just take the deal, and the next year I'll reinstate you. It'll be fine, but you got to sit the year. Well, commissioner's change, correct? Yes. Well, he also lied, and then they found out that it was true. Right. That's well, always the problem. And he did that. He did lie for 20 years and then finally say, and it was about a decade ago, he went, yeah. That's had, when the book came out. Me. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Dozens of guys on steroids changing the game, and the Houston Astros, Red Sox, and others changing the game. But the rule says about gambling that you can't do it. You're banished for life. However, I don't think he should be based on what he did. I think these things are worse. This is systemic. You stole a championship. This is systemic cheating. You stole a championship. And they're like North Carolina. Nothing yes, happens. Nothing happened except for the GMs are, you know, got fired from their new jobs. Um, I think he's got a case. Here's a question for you, Clay. Whatever your favorite baseball team is, which is uh, the Reds. The Reds. Okay. I don't, I don't have any top five all timers for that list right now. Maybe Joey Votto. People are going to make fun of and have an asterisk next to the Astros and the Red Sox, but there's no banner polling happening. Right. So would you sign up for the deal that the Reds cheated like that to win a World Series? And then you have to live with that the rest of your life. Oh, God, yes. I mean, you've seen the team the <laughs> yeah. last five years. I'm cool with it. Everyone cheats. <laughs> yeah, are you kidding me? Everyone's cheating. It's, it's part of uh, the culture now. It's just it doesn't matter. College football, pro football. Baseball's been the worst. Baseball's been the worst with the steroids. And now you're setting up a systematic with, uh, with cameras and, and signals. I think what opened the door, maybe in this era, not not in your all's era, but in my era for the cheating rampant through all sports, is I think when people saw the Patriots cheat back in the day and they're the best of the best, it's kind of like, well, if the Patriots do it, you're not wrong. Hey, I don't think if you're Bill wrong. Belichick's doing, he's the greatest coach ever. Cheating used hey, to be let's fun. Steal a sign. Cheating, you have a little sandpaper, kind of scuff the ball up a little bit. Ump comes up and you throw it down and go, whoa. What is that? No. I, How did that sandpaper get here? God damn it. Man, you did. You said something smart. That's had to redeem himself for so, that Mahomes thing. So I'm a teacher, son. So the Patriots win their first Super Bowl against a Rams team that was killing everyone. They were the biggest underdog. The Patriots had no chance with a rookie quarterback that had never really played in a big game. They videoed the practice. And it was the Rams players after the game quoted... Years later, you're like, oh my, if you read the quotes years later, the Rams players were like, it was like they knew what play we were going to call. Huh. They stole their first Super Bowl. You're right. And then after that, people were like, you know what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if I cheat because in the record books, it's, it is what it is. Well, the thing is too, it didn't matter because even after they won those three Super Bowls and were proven to cheat, Belichick never lost his job. They never did anything outside of what they lost a draft pick and five hundred grand. That's not a bad deal for winning three Super Bowls, and they no. continue to win three mil- three more. So it's like, hey, if that's all we're going to get, to slap on the wrist, like they talked about. Every fan, go for it. every fan takes that deal. Well, they're going to make fun of me at work every time I wear a shirt. Whoop de doo. And and here's the other thing. I'd like they to take the high road. Videoing. Oh yeah. They kept this year, the Bengals. The, this year, they're like, uh, "Sir, what's that camera for?" Oh, we're documenting for the Patriots website. Why are you looking at the Bengals? Bill place? Belichick <laughs> is Winona Ryder. You can afford a candy bar. Why do you have to steal it? It's the Bengals. Winona's still hot. He is just addicted to cheating. Did I say that out loud? I think you did. <laughs> still in love with her. <laughs> <laughs> Have you watched Stranger Things 3? Uh, Dolomite, yes. Is it good? No. We started it, yeah. and we haven't finished it yet. Oh, it's good. The last episode, I, I haven't cried since 2001, but... Stranger Things made you cry? 
the last scene, man, where all the kids, well, you got to, she reads a letter. You know, oh, man, oh, oh, you, okay. They almost got me. But I also did a lot of testosterone like three days before. So my estrogen might have been up. Yep. Mm-hmm. Did you cry wow. when Iron Man uh, had his moment? It's close. Close. I it's always close. wonder, how are you handling the whole royal fiasco right now between Prince Harry and the whole bit? I mean, I know that's got to be tearing you apart. She is an American princess. And she has been persecuted <laughs> by the the British press. Can and you to put tell your you the truth, glove down and right to now, tell sir? you the truth, I will fight somebody that wants to take take a, a, a poor girl. She's a B level actress, homewrecker. Oh my! What did you? Oh, and then now the gloves are off. You okay? Underdogs is back. Need a Kleenex? I'm just going to move on like that wasn't said. All right. Can we do? Can we start over? Mm-hmm. I'm a little upset. Dolomite on Twitter says... Dolomite? Does that hang from the ceiling or the ground? No. Dolomite was a pimp, Oh, sideways. It goes sideways off the cable. Dolomite says, uh, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers. Back to your dumb statement about... He's better than Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers. That's been proven. (laughs) Hey, Rodgers had how many years? And uh, same number of Super Bowls. Same thing for Drew Brees, it goes. All right, we got two minutes before we go to break because we got Coach on the other side talking football. Um... How do you, we were, I was thinking this the other day, how do you call gymnastics when you don't know nothing about gymnastics on the ACC or the SEC network? I, or, or anything about I, it. I tell people this all the time, it's the easiest sport to call out of all the sports. How? Because in gymnastics, it's different than all the other sports where the play-by-play guy is kind of the driver of the sport. Right. In, in gymnastics, I am more told to step out of the way. And the color analyst, who's either a former coach well, you can't or have gymnast, them run into you. Well, there's that. But yeah. the, either the color analyst, who's the former coach <laughs> or gymnast, they take it over. They're mainly your role. It's switched. So when they start going into the Jenkos and the halfway flips and the whole bit, I step out of the way. Did you say the was, Jenkos and the halfway flips? That's one of the flips? moves, okay? That is I not a move. You want to look it up? <laughs> yeah, you want to look it up. What's it spelled? <laughs> Hang on. The Jenkos. That, that's, that's, that's that little wooden block. That's yeah. a little wooden block game. Balls, uh, bars. I mean, the whole bit. Pommel horse, floor. It, there are a lot of names for these moves. Oh, it's incredible. The the rule book alone is literally this thick. It's the biggest rule book you've ever seen. Because when people ask how they judge, you look at something. It's like, oh, that's a perfect ten. It's like, no, their left foot was moving halfway in the air, going through the the double back on the. You, you know, don't bars. have to explain that, right? Well, I'm an expert, but do, I don't like. Do you think that the person that calls the game with you sees your tall, goofy ass walking towards the mics and going, I got to work the game with this usually, dude? Usually, most of the time, they're like, okay, he can talk a lot, so this is good. I can do less, but then they're like, oh, God, what do we have to do Are today? you kind of the Johnny Weir of this? Well, well, no, that's not fair. That's not fair. There's another coach. That's not fair. That's not that. fair. Uh, Clay Abel, so it's good to see you, buddy. Good seeing you, man. We'll see you, man, back after this. Uh, with the running backs coach for the University of Louisville, sit tight. Nord McKenzie is going to join us right here on the Afternoon Under Dukes on 790. All right, we are back. It's the Afternoon Underdogs. Tony Point. Dave, oh. yes, on 790. KRD. All right, let's talk a little football. It is National Signing Day. We're not going to talk about any of the recruits because you can't do that. We're going to talk to Norv McKenzie, running back coach at the University of Louisville Fighting Cardinals. Coach, how you doing? Coach. I'm doing well, man. How about yourself? We're doing fantastic. Anytime we can talk about football, even though after the Super Bowl uh, ended. What were your thoughts on Sunday night's game anyway? Oh, man, unbelievable game, actually. Uh, you know, it came down to the wire, which you were we, – which you would have hoped it would have. Um, everybody was expecting it to be a blowout, but shoot, it, it wasn't. It was awesome. All right, Coach, you got to respond to our last guest. He's probably in his car now listening. 
Clay comes in here with the ACC Network and had the nerve to say that Patrick Mahomes is one of the five greatest quarterbacks of all time. <laughs> Go. <laughs> uh, I think there's a lot of ball for him to play before we can uh, deem him one of the best <laughs> of all time top five. But hey, everybody's everybody's entitled to their own opinion, so it is what it is. Uh, I I I'm an old school Pittsburgh Steeler guy, so running the ball and stopping okay. the run is the philosophy that I have always loved. I don't care if you're playing grade school, high school, college, NFL. Running the ball, stopping yes, the run is the philosophy, right, Coach? Absolutely. And That's you, the one I live by as well. Right. So you've got the H brothers, Hawkins and Hall, combined for 2,000 yards rushing. I can't remember the last time that Louisville had any combo of, of running backs that had that many yards. Talk about the H brothers at UofL. <laughs> First off, I never heard them called the H brothers. I like that. That's pretty cool. <laughs> okay. uh, but, uh, <laughs> no, two, two, two really good, talented kids uh, who, had a, who had an extremely uh, good season, did really well. And, you know, I, th- I think it's a credit to everybody, though. You know, the offensive linemen played really well this season, and, and the tight ends did a great job blocking. And even the receivers on the perimeter, the, re- the receivers sprung a lot of big runs this season as well. So I think it was just a collective uh, effort by everybody, all parties involved, and it was very exciting to see those guys basically uh, reward or get, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, reap the benefits of the other 10 out there on the field with them. Now, you spent the last few years at Arkansas State. I would think before you take a new job like this, you would look at the kind of offense that Coach runs. How is Coach Satterfield's offense similar or dissimilar to what you ran at Arkansas State? Well, I would say it's completely different. Um, but, you know, I was able to coach against Coach Satterfield when I was at Furman University when they were in the uh, and when they made the transition up to NBS. Uh, I didn't coach against him for that, for that year and, and uh, got the job at Arkansas State. And we were in the same conference in the sun, though. So, very familiar with the offense. Uh, was able to see it firsthand. And, you know, the offense that that I actually uh, love, now that I'm in it, um, they've always been able to run the ball, uh, which we mentioned earlier, we love to run the ball. You know, from a running back perspective and a running back coach, you, you got to love it. Um, the system that we ran at Arkansas State was more spread, more RPO. So you could call it you could call a run play, but it wasn't a guarantee that the running back was going to get the ball. Where here, you call a run play, the running back's going to get the ball. So I get fired up every time I hear a call. Uh, Hawkins and Hall, of, of course, we talked about the H brothers. They're coming back this year. What is your philosophy for size versus speed? I mean, on the off season, Hawkins and Hall, what are they going to work on? Because a lot of running backs coaches will try to get as much muscle mass on a running back that doesn't affect their forty time. What is your philosophy, and how do you work on that? Well, I, my biggest thing is I don't truly have a true philosophy in terms of uh, the the group. I think uh, each individual is different. Uh, we have some goals that we have for, for Hassan, which is different than what we have for Hawkins. I think uh, when you look at their body types and you look at, you know, their frame, a guy can add so much weight where another guy cannot. But uh, the biggest thing is you'll hear a lot of people say a speed kill, so we want them to continue to stay fast, but we know they got to continue to develop continue to grow and get more muscle mass. But I think it's one of those deals for us where it's, uh, it's individualized, which is awesome. You know, we, my coach Mike does an unbelievable job in the weight room. Then we have Miss Emily that helps us on the nutrition side. So, you know, it's a very hands-on approach. But uh, and those guys have gravitated towards that, uh, have bought into towards it and, and working hard and diligently right now to continue to develop their bodies. Talking with Norv McKenzie, new running back coach at the University of Louisville. Different theories 
from running the football and the type of offensive lineman that you need. Back in the day with the I formation, you'd have big fat guys that would pass block and open up holes right along the line. Now a lot of coaches like to have smaller guys, more mobile to do different things. What kind of offensive lineman do you like to have on your squad? Well, for for us, you know, a, a guy who is um, who's going to be athletic. Uh, we want guys who can move. Uh, clearly, you guys were able to see us run some outside zone this year, as well as some inside mm-hmm. zone and some option stuff. So we need guys who can move in space and 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 do a great job of moving laterally and also vertically. Uh, you know, so the biggest thing is, you know, Coach Leffer going to coach those guys up on landmarks and aiming points and leverage and, and things of that nature for offense linemen to be um, superb at their job. But I think the most thing, the biggest thing we're looking for is guys who are athletic. You know, if they're athletic, they have great feet, good balance, then we'll be able to work with them. Coach McKenzie is the running backs coach at University of Louisville on the afternoon underdogs on 790 KRD. You just brought that up about the intangibles from running backs going from high school to college. It's National Signing Day. And a lot of high schools aren't going to ask the, the running backs that are going to play at University of Louisville are the guys that they just hand the ball to and bye-bye, right? I mean, that's they're not asked to do a lot more than that. Uh, in college, right. you've got to pick up the the blitz. You've got to learn how to block, especially if your quarterback's going to run around a lot. You've got to be able to handle that. Also, catching the ball out of the backfield is so – it's so important in today's football world. Um, do you usually – are the kids better at that as they're coming into college these days or not? Uh, hands and blocking and picking up the blitz. Well, I think, I think it's a combination, a combination. Some kids are based off of what their high school coach asked of them and others are not. I do know uh, when I'm recruiting and when I'm watching tape, those are some of the things I'm looking for. I'm looking for a guy who has the speed, as we mentioned earlier. I'm looking for a guy who can catch out the backfield. Uh, to me, it's important that a guy plays uh, special teams. He's a punt returner. He's a kickoff returner. Um, and I'm looking for what he can do in space. So I think all those intangibles – Make the all-around good back end. That transition from high school to college sometimes is harder for others, and it's really it depends on uh, the scheme that they were in or system they were in in high school, and then what that coach is asking of them. You know, to make the transition, uh, you got to know a lot more at the college level, just in terms of uh, fronts and what technique is the defensive lineman. Uh, you got to know if a, if a linebacker is, is aligned over a guard. We call that a thirty backer to the structure of the defense is going to. You kind of tip their hand to tell you where the blitz coming from and and which which uh, linemen are sliding to here and, and the two guys or the the secondary guy that you may have. So I think uh, on the college level, you, you got to be uh, you got to be a student of the game. You got to be able to retain information and then you got to be able to execute when your numbers call. How important is it, coach, to have guys that can catch out of the backfield? And if they didn't do it a lot in high school, is that something you're confident you can develop once they get here? Yes, sir. It's very important. Uh, I was joking with uh, some coaches on the staff today. I say, hey, guys, you know, watching tape last year, you know, running back is open a lot. So the check down, first down, check down, the touchdown. So, but uh, that's how I think, anyways. But, uh, you know, I think it's something that can be developed. Uh, I think it's something that guys have to work on all the time. And, you know, get after work, uh, after practice, working with the quarterbacks, getting on the, the, the jugs and things of that nature uh, to help them. But, you know, we work at it. We have, we have a period every day where we're going to catch the ball. Um, it's something that we want to do. It's something that we want to continue to build on as we move forward in the years to come. Coach McKenzie, we're big fans because uh, the underdogs are all about that eight-minute drive in the fourth quarter to secure a win. It's got to be done with the offensive <laughs> line and the running backs. So go get them next year, and we'll talk to you soon, Coach. Yes, sir. I greatly appreciate you guys having me on today. You got it, man. Thank you, Coach. See you, Coach Norv. Uh, McKenzie, cool. running back coach at University of Louisville. Some exciting stuff right there. 
the entire backfield is back for next year, and they've, they're have they going to be on every watch list in America. I'm a bigger fan of the 30-point lead going into the fourth quarter, where the eight-minute <laughs> eight drive isn't necessary. However, it's nice uh, to be able to do it if you have to. The Afternoon Underdogs, Tony Vanetti and Dave Jennings on 790. KRD. From the East and West Brook Construction Traffic Center. Heading up on the Waterson this afternoon, watch for a disabled vehicle eastbound on the Waterson near the fairgrounds, westbound before Preston an accident, another crash working eastbound near Poplar Level Road. Over on the Snyder Freeway southbound, right around 64, looks like somebody smacked the guardrail there. Also watch for delays in Shelby County eastbound on 64 up around Shelbyville. Our next report in 10 minutes, I'm Bobby Ellis, News Radio 840 WHAS. This report is sponsored by Staples Stores. At Staples, save up to 40% all month long on select chairs like desk or executive chairs for the office and gaming chairs for your home. If you are outfitting your home, your office, or your home office, hurry into your local Staples, where there's a whole lot more in store. Offer ends 229.20 while supplies last. Staples. 790 KRD. Put a grand in your hand. I feel amazing for winning $1,000 right now. Listen to win $1,000. That's fantastic. Awesome. Every hour, every weekday. Thank you so much. Powered by Tom Drexler Plumbing, Air, and Electric. Here's Tom Drexler. This is Tom Drexler of Tom Drexler Plumbing, Air, and Electric. When you have a plumbing, heating, or cooling, or electrical need, just dial one Tom Drexler or schedule online at TomDrexler.com. Dial one Tom Drexler, that's his number. If your resolutions for 2020 involve getting more customers for your business, iHeart Ad Builder can help you reach them. Think about it. If you're hearing my voice right now, how many of your future customers will hear yours? Head to iHeartAdBuilder.com, answer a few questions about your business, and see how easy it is. In 2020, every dollar you spend on marketing has to work, and radio has the highest return of all media. Make it a happy new year with iHeartAdBuilder.com. It's time to get the sleep and the savings you deserve during the President's Day Sale at Sleep Outfitters. Now get 40% off select Sealy mattresses like our exclusive Sealy Outfitters Eurotop or Plush Mattress, just $2.99 for the queen. You'll also get up to $300 in free gifts all month long. This week only, get up to four free Yeti tumblers or a free Yeti hopper flip cooler with any purchase $4.99 and up. Only at the President's Day Sale. Going on now at Sleep Outfitters. Louisville basketball takes on Wake Forest. Coverage begins tonight at 7.30 on Cards Radio 790 KRD. It's the championship tractor pull. February 12th through the 15th at Freedom Hall. Tickets start at $10 at Ticketmaster.com and ChampPull.org. It's louder than ever. The championship tractor pull is powered by Syngenta. Visit champpull.org for more information. Guys, if you vowed to make this Valentine's Day the most romantic ever, you need Genesis Diamonds. Get this. Spend as little as $199 on a fabulous piece of jewelry, and Genesis will give you fresh-cut flowers, a box of chocolates, and a fabulous dinner All of that absolutely free. In case you missed that, just buy any jewelry for $199 or more. Genesis will give you fresh-cut flowers from Nansen Craft, a box of chocolates, and a gift card for dinner. And not just any dinner. It's at Louisville's exquisite French restaurant, Brasserie Provence, voted Louisville's best dinner spot. 
Now back to the jewelry. You'll love the collection of affordable pieces they've put together. Rings, earrings, bracelets, pendants, bands, all the gifts that women love. They're classic, affordable, and timeless. So head on over to Genesis Diamonds, the official jeweler of the Louisville Cardinals and Kentucky Wildcats. They're in the Shelbyville Road Plaza next to Trader Joe's. Supplies are limited. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. This is Jesse's O'Reilly Auto Parts story. As a nurse, not making it to work was not an option. But driving through the snow with my wiper blades struggling, I just didn't feel safe. So I pulled into O'Reilly Auto Parts, and before I knew it, an employee was offering to install the wiper blades on my car. I got to stay out of the snow for a moment, and I still made it to work on time. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Let the fun begin with the all-new Fox Wednesday. Yes! It's TV's biggest competitions, The Masked Singer, and the premiere of Lego Masters. First, TV's number one show is bigger than ever. The Masked Singer! Then, Lego Masters turns a global phenomenon... Welcome to Lego Masters. ...into a high-stakes reality competition. I am super stressed out. Hosted by Will Arnett. Get your brick on! Grab the family for the premiere of Lego Masters. Right after The Masked Singer, Fox Tonight. At Aaron's, we believe in the magic of wintertime warmth. That magic that comes from good people out there, always helping others, working hard and providing for those they love, no matter what. So why are there so many stores unwilling to work with some good people? Just because your credit isn't the best doesn't mean your TV or refrigerator can't be. That's why at Aaron's, we work with you. So you can get flexible lease-to-own plans that fit your budget. Because good people always deserve better. Aaron's. Easy, beautiful, affordable. WKRD Louisville, available everywhere with the iHeartRadio app. Now number one for podcasting. Cards Radio 790KRD, an iHeartRadio station. It's the Afternoon Underdogs on Cards Radio 790KRD. Now, here's Tony Vanetti and Dave Jennings. Oh, yeah. Billy Frickett's going to join us in a minute here on the Underdogs. Plus, we're going to have Coach Mackety Mack and Ryan McMahon to talk about tonight's matchup against Wake Forest. It's Mack down and at the Center. That's right. Uh, tonight at the Yum Center, 9 o'clock tip. Uh, pre-game coverage starts at uh, 7.30 on News Radio 840 WHS. If you want pictures and words, that's ESPN2 tonight. Mm-hmm. Louisville favored by 16. Wake Forest, only three wins in the league. A lot of close losses. They get to the line a lot. Like fifth most in the country. Like 24 times a game, a lot. So I this want, could be a long, who's slow, the coach? Do you have that whistly who's affair. Who's the Wake Forest coach? Do you know? It's still Danny Manning. Is it Danny Manning? Uh-huh. I hope Danny Manning gets so upset with his team, he goes over and punches the mascot in the face. That Demon Deacon guy. Oh, that guy. I hope he goes over and just says, like, I'm so frustrated because Louisville's killing us. Bang! Punches him right in the face. Do they not get rid of him because of ageism? Is that what it is? What, the old guy? can't just fire the, the old Demon guy. Deacon? He needs to be a greeter. Can we please come up with the a front better of the building? Can we come up with a better mascot? Please. Demon Deacon. Uh, they're going to kill him tonight. I'm tired of hearing this same old, and it may be legit, but I've been doing this kind of while. Oh, uh, well, their record doesn't reflect how, how good they are. Well, guess what? Who was the coach that said your record is who you are? That you was are who not you, Belichick. You are who you eat. That was um, Curly Lambeau. No, the other guy, they coached for him. Belichick coached for him at the Giants. Parcells. Oh, the tuna. Parcells says your record is who you are. Sorry, Wake Forest. Your record is who you are. You're 10 and 11. 
And Louisville's going to roll you tonight. They should. They will roll tonight. Don't worry about Virginia on Saturday. Take no. care of business tonight. There will not be an issue. Nine o'clock tip. That means the fans are going to be drunk and it is going to be fun. I just wanted to warn you about the free throw thing. They get to the line a ton. Wake Forest does? Yes. 24 no. times a game. No. Which means 30 is possible, depending have, on the rest. I have a problem sitting through games like that. Yes. Okay. Uh, we're not an NBA uh, show, basically, but the largest NBA trade in 20 years happened today. 12 players, four teams. How they arranged all this, I have no idea. The Rockets, the Timberwolves, the Hawks, uh, the Hawks and the Nuggets. Uh, again, 12 players. We're not going to go through it, but that is the largest trade since 2000. I saw one analyst give everybody a B in the deal. So it sounds like a lot of change of scenery going on. Um, Swapping another, of contracts, changes of scenery. Uh, we've been around a long time. You and I here in the ni- 1990s. We remember when UofL baseball was what it was. And it used to be out there. We had friends that played for the team Yeah, in the early 90s, and it was terrible. Um, and now I read on uh, on a site that said UofL baseball is scheduled for 18 nationally televised games this year. I was like, what? Seriously, we have top five men's and women's basketball. It's crazy. There'll be a top 25 football team, I do believe. Yes. And maybe the number one baseball team. Yes. 18 nationally televised games. I mean, when I was in high school, uh, the basketball team, because there was only three channels, was on national television six times when I was a senior in high school, because I counted. And it, the reason I know it was six is because it was the most of any team in the nation. Louisville was the most televised basketball team my senior year in mm-hmm. high school, and they were on national television six times. Wrap your brain around that, where every game is on national television. That was now. when it was black and white television, though. So there I'm wasn't, really dating myself. Didn't have that's what I did, mm. but you didn't have all all the options now. There wasn't ESPN two, three, four, Deportes, ESPN Ocho, none of that. So uh, we had CBS games basically, and that's mm-hmm. about it. I want to make fun of Vanderbilt real quick. Why? That's where Coach McKenzie went. Oh, that's right. Vanderbilt Athletic Director Malcolm Turner resigned yesterday after just one year on the job. He was there long enough to fire Bryce Drew, the basketball coach, and hire Jerry Stackhouse. The problem is they're still terrible. I mean, terrible. Have they won an SEC game this year yet? don't think so. They played Kentucky last week, and they hadn't won one yet. And it goes back, I think, two years. How do you not accidentally win a game in the in the you, SEC? Right. Right. You trip over yourself, and the yes. ball goes in. You go, we won a game. Uh, he also made immediate improvements to some athletic facilities. Sound system, new artificial turf for baseball. You know, they won a national title. Yeah. Uh, they got a new video board for the football stadium. And he also was working on an updated plan for the football stadium. When's the last time they had a major renovation at the Commodore Stadium there in Nashville. 1958. 81. 81. 81, which is a long time ago. Um, I think that's why they forced him out. They hmm. said, look, you're an athletic director. We've never had an athletic director that tried before. Stop trying. What are you doing? We cash the checks. We th- This is Vanderbilt. We're an actual school. We don't care about the... We take the SEC money... And we don't do anything with it. We well, put it into our medical school. We're going to get the $44 million. You don't have to spend it. You don't have to do that. What are you doing? What are you doing? I hope Jerry Stackhouse works out, but there's this trend, obviously. Memphis did it. Vanderbilt did it of hiring these former players that have no coaching experience, and they're going to pop in, and all of a sudden, because recruiting's the only thing, that's not the How only thing. How did Clyde Drexler work out? How did yeah, not, Isaiah Thomas in college work out? Yeah, not, not very well. Not very well. 
All okay, right. big. Oh, and today in Kansas City, by the way, was their parade celebrating their Super Bowl. Their top five all time quarterback. But there was a bit of hijinks. What? There was some hijinks on the parade route. Someone. Oh, yeah. I who saw may, this. Who may have been impaired. I saw this. Decided that the way to get home <laughs> and possibly avoid law enforcement who may have already uh. been trailing this person was to hit the parade route. They ended up with the stop sticks, popped the tires, did that little maneuver where they spin the car out. They said he was impaired, probably. There's no guns, no thought that he was a terrorist going to plow people it's, down. It's, but. Yeah, as much as we're laughing, it was kind of scary. If you see the video and you can go home or you can look it up online, it's easily you can see it. Um, it looks like a Ford whatever. It's a four-door sedan. And he's driving, trying to get away, driving down the parade route. There are fans on the left and the right side lined all the way down. They think there was a million people in this <laughs> imagine, parade. Imagine the people that are going, oh, wait a minute, I, I took Is off it- of work today. <laughs> We won a Super Bowl for the first time in five decades, and a Ford Contour is what you give me? And he's going the wrong way. He's going the wrong way. Can't we do a parade? Right, right. So all these cop cars start smashing into this car on the parade route. Yep. It looks like the Blues Brothers when they're racing to get the money to the uh, whatever government office so the nuns don't lose their house. Yeah. I mean, that's what it looked like. It was crazy. All right, uh, Billy Prickett will join us at some point. He walked by the window a couple of times. I don't know why he's waiting to come on in, but he'll be in here to talk about it. We talked about uh, Wave 3 had Todd Sharp on last night. He talked about um, what happened and that this has all been a misunderstanding. Elliot, can we roll that sound one more time for me, please? I sincerely forgot that it was in my pocket. It's a handgun. Sharp tells us he had been carrying a loaded gun ever since his home was broken into a few weeks ago. You know, I didn't go to the police with that because I knew what would happen. It would be like this. Everything with me is sensationalized. Sharp says he took an Uber to the downtown Marriott to meet friends for a drink around 9 o'clock. I remember thinking as I'm reaching for my phone, I thought, what is that? And I looked and I could see the edge of the, the gun sticking out of my pocket. He says as he tried to put the gun in his bag... It fired. It was deafening. You know, I've never fired that gun in particular ever. And of course not inside of a building. It was deafening. Sharp suffered a wound to his leg but was released from the hospital the next day. He says he never knew UofL's baseball leadoff dinner was going on the same night at the Marriott until Metro detectives showed up at his house days later. And they, you know, said, how much do you hate Vince Tyra? And I said, I do not respect him. And I do not care for him, but I, I don't hate it. Why? You know, what does this have to do with anything? Sharp says detective seems satisfied he didn't know anything. Connie, I, I would take a polygraph then. They did not have me take one. I would take one today, tomorrow. I, I do not like Vince Tyra. I cannot believe how he has handled the situation with me and numerous other coaches. But I would never, ever hurt him. I would never hurt myself. Or, or anyone else. And, uh, you know, and I love my kids too much for that. I, I, love, I love U of L. I love U of L. It's been a heartbreak for me. You know, outside of my children and grandchildren, everything I loved the most, you know, what really made me me was taken from me. Uh, yeah. We talked about it last hour. I just wish all of this would end. I hope both parties are move on with their lives. Um, this is the kind of drama that we had every week under the last administration, and um, and this is sort of a holdover. And um, Vince Tyre is rolling there at U of L, 
and I, I'm going to take Todd Sharp uh, on face value here. Well, okay. Um, how many times during the day, guys, do you tap your pockets, wallet, keys, phone, wallet, keys, phone, All to make long. sure you have everything? All day long. If I had a gun, I'd be doing wallet, keys, phone, gun, wallet, keys, phone, gun. I would not forget that I had a gun. A lot of people think I have a gun in my front pocket. Yeah. And I go, it's not a gun. No, it's not. A little Derringer. And then you you have a robbery, and you don't call the police to report it because it would be sensationalized. I imagine if Terry had a robbery and the police came to his house, they'd, they'd file a report, I'm guessing. Wouldn't be sensationalized. Big coincidence, you're having drinks at a hotel where the, the luncheon or the dinner is. I mean, a lot of coincidences, and I... I'm not passing any judgment, but there's some things that make you go you, hmm in there. Yeah, and but UL has every darn right to prepare their campus for for anything with, sure. with a potential threat because that's the world we live in today. And they would be uh, liable if they didn't in the first place. So even it's like, are we overreacting? No, you can't. Is there is there even overreacting anyway on campuses? You can't. No, there is no overreaction. I want Louisville to do well. I want Todd Sharp to get it together, do well, yep. win another title somewhere else. Yep. Billy sounds Prickett. like a divorce just needs to happen. Yes, they, that's, that just needs to go in each corner and, and do whatever. Billy Prickett, what's going on, dude? Oh, I'm doing all right. I'm feeling a little under the weather today, so part of my voice. Oh. Good, good to be on here. You got the you coronavirus? No, 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 no. Hey, don't joke about that. That's here's what cool. Here's what happened because uh, my family's doing it. I, a little bit's happening there. You got warm for three days. Mm. All of that stuff kind of mm. started getting back up and then cold again. Your body's like, dude, stop. Yeah, this, like, when I when I get sick, I'm like, whatever. Like, it's probably going to last a day or two. This feels like it could go either way. Like, this feels like it could be a week long or I could feel better tomorrow. So we'll, we'll see. about to sneeze, turn that yeah, way. Yeah, sorry. Don't use this mic after I'm gone. No. Um, <laughs> I, I, from day one, I thought Louisville basketball had all the pieces. Watching L basketball since I was 10 years old, so 40 years. As many teams as Louisville's put on the floor, this is uh, as deep a team have I seen with Louisville, uh, and they have all the pieces of the puzzle. So if they need a matchup problem or they have a matchup problem, they can put somebody else out there t- to deal with it. What are your thoughts overall as a younger basketball viewer? Yeah, well, th- with this Louisville team, and I was watching Kentucky play last night and just comparing the two because that's what we like to do mm-hmm. here in Kentucky. Uh, I think Kentucky's starting five is is really solid. One of the best starting fives in the nation. But where they're going to struggle and where their worry should be is past that starting five. They don't have any depth whatsoever. They have a, a one reliable guy that comes off the bench with Nate Sestina. Other than that, it, it's pretty bare there. With Louisville, you've got five or six guys that come off the, the bench and contribute quite well. Even a guy like Ryan McMahon who who d- has some flaws defensively, he can come in and make a big shot or make some free throws for you. They have you. nine players averaging 15 minutes or more. Yeah, it's, I mean... Nine! And, and that's why Kentucky was so good when they when they had that platoon system way back when. Obviously, this Louisville team isn't as talented as that. Sure. But you see a team... Well, no one is, is. Right, nobody will ever be. But uh, you see a team that is deep enough to where if, you know, if he's not playing well, get him out, next guy up. Yep. We're in a state where all that really matters is tournament performance. Yeah. What kind of team does Kentucky not want to run into? What kind of team does Louisville not want to run into? Ooh, that's a good question. I, I think with Kentucky, you don't want to run into a deep team because you don't have the guys. You're going to have fatigue on your bench, basically. If the other team has has some some depth on their bench where they can reload in between timeouts and all that and play fresh, that's where Kentucky's going to struggle. Kentucky always has a problem in the tournament when they match up with athletic. Uh, athletic long kids in the blocks. Yes. Right. That can move out on, on, move out also, right? The athletic 6'9 to 6'11 kids, right? That no, it's not necessarily going to make it in the NBA, but they're athletic enough 
to stay with you for 40 minutes. Right. That's going to be their problem. And Louisville will be pure shooting. If they get somebody that pressures the ball also, they've gotten better at that, of, of bringing the ball up the floor because no one was doing it for the first half of the season. And then a couple of teams went, well, let's pressure the ball. And and they had problems. They've adjusted with that. Yeah. But, Bill, you agree with that? Yeah, I do. And I think Louisville, the, the thing that worries me about Louisville is I don't trust their big guys that much. I think Stephen Enoch is good, uh, inconsistent. And the same with Malik Williams, although he's been much better as of late. Mm-hmm. But if you run into a team that has a couple big guys down there and they're going to bump a little bit and they're going to force you to make contested shots, that's where I don't love Louisville's chances, but you got to be able to shoot the ball. And they do have some shooters on the outside like Ryan McMahon, like I was talking about. So I just like how deep they are. That That's my main thing with this team is that if this guy isn't playing well or that's a matchup problem or he's not, he's not doing what he's supposed to, Get another guy in there, and they keep on rolling. And this is a year where traditional powers aren't really that powerful. Yeah, exactly. I mean, do you know anything about teams like San Diego State and Dayton? No. I haven't seen much of them, I've but seen they're Dayton both top once. ten teams, right? And yeah, it's it's a wide open tournament. I mean, this year as much as ever, and it seems like the narrative is this every year is that oh anybody can beat anybody, but this year it's legit. I mean, you see a, a team like Kentucky lose to Evansville at home. Evansville now lost ten straight games. It, there's a ton of bad losses all across the board. The same with Duke and Stephen F. Austin, and anybody on any night can beat anybody. And that's why I think this Louisville team, who, who has blown out opponents lately, yeah. any any win like that in yeah. today's college basketball this year is, is an impressive win. Well, and the conversation has gone to they just don't have kids that could come in and play. You've got four or five guys that could go off on a night mm-hmm. and get thirty, and they've done that. Pair it was it was Wara. Perry, then McMahon, three games in a row. Different guys stepped up. That's the dangerous thing for other other teams is exactly what you said, which was, okay, I'm going to go out and lock down Fresh Kimball. Here comes David Johnson scoring 15 and has seven assists. Because back in the day, Joe B would talk about, I'm trying to think of the player, the LSU player, the all-time great, Pete Maravich. Yeah. Essentially, they would say, let him do what he's going to do. Right. Stop everybody else. Right. So if you try to focus on a couple Louisville guys, someone you weren't expecting to focus on, burns you. And that's what uh, opposing coaches will try to do. They try to make you play left-handed, basically. The, yeah. So the saying goes, if you make this Louisville team play left-handed, I think they have enough pieces <clears throat> elsewhere with their role players that can step up and, and have huge games that it's not going to affect them that much. Okay, you're an NFL guy, yeah, and you're a young guy like Clay Abels is who came in here. Oh, He trots in here with his hot take. <laughs> and is his hot take, which is lukewarm at best, is that Patrick Mahomes, mm. after doing what he did through the postseason, winning his first Super Bowl, mm. is now a top-five not NFL quarterback now. Right. All time. Oh, my gosh. Come on. Come on. Two years? Two uh, years in? We didn't even mention Drew Brees, your boy. Oh, that hurt. We he said he was better it. than Brees. We <laughs> went through, what, 18, 19 quarterbacks that are better than uh, him all time, and we didn't even get to Brees, <laughs> which has, what, 46,000 yards passing? He's the, he's the leader in passing. Two ball ring. And time. by the way, okay, wait a minute. Let's, uh, Drew Brees is... Wouldn't it be smart for the Saints to trade him for another piece of the puzzle on nah. defense and, well, and, no. and take Teddy for the next three? Well, one that can't trade him. He's an unrestricted free agent. Well, right. Okay. So then wouldn't it, wouldn't it be smart for them to say, look, we're going to move on with Teddy. We'll give you 50 bucks look, if you want to stay. Great programs have done it, right? No, 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 the, no. Oh, he needs a victory lap. No, this is Drew Brees in New Orleans. He's meant more to this city than just one Super Bowl. Here, here's my thing on it, and I, I get that Teddy is a fantastic option for any team, any team starting quarterback. With Breeze, though, he was playing some of the best football of his career up until that playoff game against the Vikings. He hasn't shown signs of dropping off, such as a Philip Rivers 
or a Tom Brady or or those guys that might be Aaron moving Rogers. away from their teams. Aaron Rodgers, not so much. Don't get the Packers yeah, fan over here just all salty. And I was salty after the Vikings game, too. I mean, Breeze had two turnovers, two bad turnovers. That really ended up costing them the game. It shouldn't have been a game if those two turnovers don't happen. So, yes, age is always going to play a factor, and he's 41. Teddy's uh, or, you know, in his late 20s, has a bunch of years left in him. But it's Drew Breeze, and he's still playing at a good level. If he still wants to play, I think you just have to keep him. Okay, you're, you're not going to keep probably Hill and Bridgewater. If you could pick one of the two, who do you keep? Well, I would pick I would pick Bridgewater all day. I just don't think we're going to be able to because he's going to ask for a much bigger paycheck than Taysom Hill. Right. And we have to pay some other pieces. We had a stacked 2017 draft class that are going to be coming out of their rookie contracts here soon. We're going to have to afford that. So, I think this is going to be one of the more exciting off seasons. Oh yeah. I think with what Tom Brady, where is he going to go? Could Breeze go anywhere else? Teddy Bridgewater. The names keep going on and on. Oh, Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers is free agent. Yep. Look. All those guys could be somewhere else, or they could all be at their same place, except for uh, Rivers is now officially yeah, out. Yeah, they, they've moved on. Yeah. Okay. He moved to Florida. It's going to so. be exciting yeah. to find out where what, what, what where all the pieces go and then with the draft. Now, will they I'm – not, I'm not strong on this. Are they will, all they – will they land before the draft? What's that? Uh, all all the these guys, agencies. all these free agents. Typically, you want to get your free agents in before the draft, but the free agency deadline isn't until you know later on in the in the process of the off season. But you want to know your needs going into the draft, right? Yeah. So you want to get your guys. You want to fill some holes on your defense, your offense, wherever you need help, and then plan your draft around that. Yeah, it won't make much of a difference with Rivers and Brady if they're going to go somewhere else because teams looking for their franchise quarterback know that those guys at the end of their career aren't going to be it. So if they need one, they'll still draft one. Right. It's but you bridge, typically want to have it done. Yeah. Right. His name is Billy Prickett. You'll find him here on the underdogs. He's an under puppy. Under puppy. Under bark, puppy. Bark. Get to the chopper. Uh, later in the show, you will get um, Coach Mack and the Mac. And the Mac. Ryan McMahon. Who we'll was talk on about the Mac attack last time uh, out. Tonight's matchup. Game doesn't start till 9 o'clock at the Yum Center. ESPN 2. Back after this on 790. KRD. 790 KRD, the afternoon underdogs. Hey, as long as he's still here, let's grab Dwight. Dwight! Dwight! Hit an intro for him there, Elliot. Hey, this is Dave Moody with Thunderstruck, America's ACDC. Mm. I love the thunder booms. Yeah, the thunderstorms. Man, they're, but they're doing good. They're selling out every single city they go right here in Louisville, Kentucky. Congratulations, I guys. I love it. I love his teeth. They're very white. Yeah, well, they don't Huge. use, they don't have to have a spotlight anymore. They say, Dave, smile. Like if, the, if there's a, for example, for example, if the Angus Young guys do a solo, they said to save, they're, they're an environmentally conscious band because they don't use lighting. They'll say, Dave, smile at the guitarist. And then bam, the guitarist lights up. It's the damnedest thing, but it is, it is environmentally conscious rock and roll. Does their Angus guy scramble his brains and constantly rock his he, head? He does. And the last time I was here, I was like, man, how are you not going to get <laughs> neck and back issues? And he said, who says I don't? And I said, mm-hmm. I, I just don't understand. And mm-hmm. Angus Young himself, think about how long he's been doing that. Oh, the my shaking. gosh. I know, right. Uh, this year, well, that caused him problems, though, right? Well, it still continues, and he's got. Well, he's, if you just continue to do drugs, it's not a problem. I mean, he's got to be getting close to seventy because I back, don't even feel my neck. Back in black turns forty this year. Oh my god, forty years old. Back wow. in black turns this year. And he, he had already had several albums under his belt with uh, Bon Scott, so I'm wondering how old is Angus Young? We called him 
We caught both those guys, yes. right? At their yes. house. At their house. And they were drunk yeah. and falling down in the middle of the day. But in all fairness, it was Australia time. I don't know what else. Oh, that's a good point. Or no, it might have been Florida time. I can't remember because Brian Johnson lives in Florida. This song is 40 years old. 40 what years old this year. Australia. But I might have been wrong. Okay, no, you're right. It's 2.38 a.m. in Australia right now. But who's to say that Brian Johnson lives in Florida, so they might have been. I can't remember. It's been so long. This is my least favorite cut of the whole album. I think it is mine, Because we just, we wore it out on radio. So, all fairness, we were doing the morning show then when we yeah. called Angus and um, Brian, Johnson. Brian Johnson. They were Brian together yes. at one of their castles. Yes. Drunk. And we were like, how are they drunk? But, of course, it was probably at 8 a.m., so it was probably 1 a.m. their time. So yeah. that made sense. Hmm. That makes sense now. Not to say they wouldn't be drunk any other mm-hmm. time in the afternoon. As a matter of fact, when they were here, when they were here, uh, it was the uh, Fly on the Wall tour Back in the early 80s, we all cut school and went to, because it was general admission. And it was at the Commonwealth Convention Center. Mm-hmm. That's where the show was. So we camped out and we went, cut school and we stayed at Commonwealth Convention Center. So we, st- we were standing in line. Let's be, let's be right up front for ACDC. We cut school, there we were. Of course, there's no bathroom while you're standing in line. So we had to go to the Hilton or Hyatt, whichever one it was right there. As we walked in, we used the restroom. I was walking out. It's whichever rest, whichever hotel has the bar that's sunk down like four levels. Oh, Sealback. No. Sealback has it's the last scale. It's either Hyatt or... or uh, oh. It's just a couple of steps down. It's All right. right okay. Anyway, I look, and there's Brian Johnson. Yeah. And I went, hey, Brian Johnson. In the bathroom? No, in, in the bar. Oh, okay. And he looks up at me. He goes, you mates want a beer? Yeah, so we go down in the bar. Now I'm sitting next to Brian Johnson, and the bartender comes over. I'm like a 14-year-old, 15-year-old kid. I get shut straight down. Well, uh, you react when you were 14 the same yeah. way you reacted 50. Right. I get Gushing, to, I starting get, to cry, I get, dive wait, at their feet. I, I never well, maybe I do cry a little. Didn't you leave your rest, regional wrestling tournament? You would have placed in the regions all I to had qualify to, for state in the wrestling tournament. All I had and to you do, left. All I had to do was walk out on the mat. The ref would have held my hand up. I would have won districts. Oh my! Gosh. At the one forty-five weight class. Why didn't you? Because Bruce Springsteen was in concert <laughs> that night, and I decided. I decided, hey, you know, <laughs> I decided, hey, a district championship in wrestling lasts for a few minutes. My poor wrestling coach. No. What was his name? Joe Catan was his Joe name. Joe Catan was the wrestling coach at Dawson no, at the time. This is Louisville. If you win district, that lasts forever. <laughs> Ever. Okay, a district championship. Oh, you get a man. ring. It'll last for a little bit. Oh. But the memories of a Born in the USA concert will last forever. So. Oh, I went. But don't bury the lead. You weighed 145 as a senior in high school. No, no, no. Oh, contraire, bonjour. Oh, you wrestled up? I wrestled up because I didn't want to have to make weight. Oh. So so not only did I wrestle way out of my weight class, but I also smoked Marlboro Reds and, and maybe other things. 
And so I was way out of my league. You wrestled up because oh, you yeah. were too lazy to make weight. Because I was too lazy while everybody else was trying to make their weight. Yeah, they're walking around spitting into cups. Oh, wearing the sauna suits, running. Yep, yep. Here I am. Because they're dedicated and they want to win. <laughs> Maybe that Super Bowl guy, the Silver Man, was doing that. Right. Maybe, Maybe he was trying was. to make weight. Yeah. He was. You know, he, you, I know who you're talking about. The guy that started rapping on J-Lo and Shakira. Yeah, yeah the no TV dinner just showed up. He was dressed like a TV dinner. He had uh, safety. He looked like Jesse Pinkman from uh, well, Breaking Bad with safety goggles. <laughs> we asked we asked Elliot, the producer on another show, and he knows all about music. He knows all the weird uh, bands and stuff. And he said, I have no idea who those two Nobody knew who that was? Yeah. Still? All right. On the wrestling note, yeah. regionals are for Jefferson County and Oldham County. I believe that's the region, Oldham County and Louisville. Uh, is is Saturday at Wagner High School. I think way ends at around seven thirty. Wrestling should start around ten. So that's a big deal. Hold on, wait, Wagner, Wagner High School. Wagner uh, wrestling starts about ten. Ten yeah. top four placers. How do will I get the move way on what, to hey, state? Hang on, Alexis. What time is the way in? Set set VCR. <laughs> set VCR for. Uh, wrestling. Okay, I got it. Uh, What's love, a weigh-in? I'd love for either one of you to show up for weigh-ins. Just get in line with one of the teams. Just get in line with one of the teams. I, listen, I, I had a weigh-in. I wrestled for dolls two years. All right, so let's say you get on the mat Saturday. What's okay. your, what's your, do you a single leg? Your, what was your takedown? I go for the fireman's carry. Right oh, off fireman's carry right, right off underneath. the bat. Boom. All right, boom. okay. Yeah, and then go straight for the grapevine and then the pin. Okay. Of course, it never worked out that way. It was called always, always this. And then, boom, it was over for me. In about 10 or 15 seconds, first period, I would go out. I would be outside of whatever school we were we were wrestling at, smoking my post-wrestling match cigarette uh, and enjoying myself. I would grab a folding chair and pretend to hit somebody with it uh, while I stomp my feet making noise. Uh, maybe, maybe you lost matches because all the rest of the wrestlers were going, the kid that smokes a lot always goes to the fireman's carry first. Right. Well, the problem was... Move your head when I'm punching you. Well, I'm not going to say the problem. One of the many problems was I smoked Marlboro Reds, and then I would go into wrestling practice. The coach would have beat the crap out of me had he known I was smoking. So to cover it, I would take Old Spice and splash it all oh over me. Oh, my gosh. So here's what happens Did Bruce wrestling. smell you? Oh, my gosh. Your pores start to open when you sweat, and it's winter, and your oh, skin's yeah, chapped. Man. Yeah, man. Yeah. So every wrestling practice, well, I was on fire. Well, that's a tactic too. Be stinky. The other guy doesn't want to doesn't want to wrestle. We would grow our chin hairs just to just have, to oh, just, just to have drink. just to have enough whiskers. You can't grow them too much. Yeah, because it, then it becomes so you dig them in the temple. Mm. Yeah, but if you have and then or, you miss weight or the back or the back of their uh, um, in between their shoulders, you dig your chin in there, and if I had these little yep. spiky yep. whiskers, it yep. hurt. That's, that's dirty. That or you when you get them uh, when you get to cross the side face. and you do your cross face, but then you take your uh, chin. Yeah. And if you don't shave, you can put it right in the temple and you squeeze and right. pull there, and then that's that's when they roll over and you pin. Right, you get them pinned. That's nasty. It's called wrestling. Wrestling, baby. All right, short break. We'll come back. Seven ninety K R D Tony and Dave the afternoon underdogs you bet two point oh uh, tonight big basketball game Wake Forest let's find out more about what's going on we've got Coach Mac right now it'll be followed by Ryan McMahon right now let's uh, let's talk about uh, Coach Mac. I mean, we're scoring the ball better but you know at the same time we've had a, a few games in a row where we've turned the ball over too much and um, you know it's it's been a focus of ours here in practice. And uh, we just we have to be um, a little bit more patient at times. Uh, we have to be able to um, 
make better decisions, um, you know, take what the defense gives us, play longer into the clock, uh, know who we're passing the ball to and what situation, you know, we're putting our teammate in. And, um, you know, we're not talking about, you know, reducing it by 8 to 10, but, you know, 3 to 4. And, um, you know, I think that by and large we've been a pretty good team with the ball all year. And, um, you know, I didn't think NC State's pressure was suffocating. Uh, we need to do a better job. And that's, like I said, been a focus in practice. There have been a couple games where maybe you start off with a lot of turnovers in the first few minutes, but then are able to, to pare it down as time goes on. Is that, do you think it's just players kind of starting off a little too excited and getting too fast, or, or what's the... Maybe. I mean, I, it really doesn't matter to me what the what the reason is. We, we just have to cut them down. We've talked about it, and uh, that was one of the most frustrating things. We really talked about it you know, coming in into the game against NC State. Sometimes you, you prove more prophetic, and... Um, but again, we're going to continue to try to clean it up, and uh, hopefully, it's not a bugaboo and something that holds us back. But it will if, if we don't correct it. Chris, a month ago today, you came in here and talked about getting manhandled by Florida State. You haven't lost since. What did that game do for your team, both emotionally, maybe from an X's and O's standpoint? Um, I mean, Florida State's really good. I don't think, um, you know, going into the game, I felt the same way. I felt they were a terrific team. I thought they shot the ball extremely well that day. Um, their length bothers everybody they play. Uh, they deny. Uh, I thought we got good shots. That was our that was our goal. Um, but as I said, you know, in many press conferences, you know, we're, we're going to continue to try to get better no matter what the result is. Uh, I, I don't think something all of a sudden clicked. I really don't. Um, I think our team's been, you know, locked in on, on trying to improve uh, in practice, uh, learning from games, uh, getting better. I thought we got a, a, a shot of confidence um, in those first couple road games immediately after, um, where you know we had a lead or we were battling from behind, and um, you know we were able to sort of gut check it out. And I think that's. Uh, really helped our team in those type of environments, and we've continued to get better in a lot of areas. Uh, Chris, your team is shooting well from three, especially recently. And I'm curious, part of that's just, just making uh, shots that are tough, but a lot of it is getting open looks. Um, how do you manage shot selection and uh, making sure that you guys aren't just taking a quick three because you're shooting well? And how do you, how do you manage it so you get those open looks when guys are open in the corner? Well, um, <clears throat> starts with it starts with, I think, knowing what we want as a team. You know, not everyone has a license to shoot transition threes. Um, you know, we want Ryan and Jordan to take looks when they're open in transition. <clears throat> but those other guys, you know, um, with their percentage, haven't really earned that right. And I think we can get a better shot. And uh, our guys have bought into that. Um, you know, I think we've always been a team that's, you know, really made the right player, tried to share the ball. I think we're a really good passing team and a team that plays um, the right way. And uh, you, you can want that as a coach all you want, but I think you have to have some maturity in your locker room and, and um, some selfless guys on the team, and I, I believe we have that. You were an assistant coach away for three or so years, a long way down the line. How did those years kind of help you grow? Did you enjoy that time and all that? No, I loved it. Um, I loved it. You know, a big part of it is who you're working with. 
you know, whether it's the coaching staff and, and being under Skip, um, but it's also the administration and, and uh, fellow coaches. Um, you know, the uh, the area is beautiful. Uh, the school's a uh, terrific school. Um, I really enjoyed my time. You know, you could live 10 miles from Wake and take you 10 minutes to get there. That um, was great. And that was my, my first year of marriage with my wife. It was our last year at Wake, and, you know, we sort of uh, enjoyed our time. Uh, just the two of us out in the middle of Winston-Salem, North Carolina, we had a lot of success uh, during that time, you know, coaching guys like Josh Howard and Darius Singalia and Chris Paul and, you know, Justin Gray. I mean, it was really, uh, really fun time. Chris, uh, what what do you see in, the, in those guys on film? They've been close in some games that they've lost, and they, they just they did beat Clemson the other day. Yeah, they played everybody, um, you know, outside of Duke, uh, tooth and nail. And uh, I think they've got some much improved players from a year ago. I think Olivier Saar may be the most improved guy in the conference, uh, you know, at least top two or three. And uh, he's a focal point. They, they use him an awful lot in high-low situations, both both as the uh, finisher and as the passer. Uh, at times, he'll play the four, so it makes it makes it even more of a challenge. Uh, Brandon Childress is, is just a very, very heady point guard, a guy that can score it, can pass it, uh, really knows how to control a game. And I think you know the other players are getting Sean D back, who's um, you know I think uh, a really good scorer for him. So you know they had a lot of new parts to start the year, whether it's freshmen or grad transfers, and I think you know they're they're sort of finding their stride, and, and we have to make sure that. Uh, we're ready to go tomorrow night. Anyone else? <clears throat> um, I'm curious, you used to coach high school basketball, and I'm curious if your thoughts on if you think a shot clock would ever be good in a high school basketball game. Yeah, I mean, I think it's necessary. I, mean, I just think that, um, you know, for those kids that want to play at the, at the next level in college, I mean, they're, they're going to their good experience, understand how to play in that situation. And then, you know, you go to some high school games and teams hold the ball for two or three minutes. Just, uh, you know, I know I, I understand why it hasn't, but um, I think it's, it's time. Back to the room, last one. Coach, I, I remember last year you said, I think this time of year you guys do kind of keep an eye on the standings a little bit. Just wondering how that dynamic changes at all, if it does with where you are and kind of handling the pressure of being in the conversation of, uh, of a one scene right now? Uh, we don't worry about that. Um, you know, we, we certainly look at the conference standings, but, you know, we looked at looked at them after one game. So, um, you know, every game counts the same. You know, they don't say, well, you get more points because you, you beat a better team or uh, it doesn't count as much. Every game, um, you know, gives you an opportunity to win a conference championship. And so, um, you know, as far as the seeding for the big tournament, we don't care about that. All right. Coach Mack was just talking about uh, uh, high school shot clock. There is no high school shot clock, and I still don't understand how that can be. He was talking about you go to a high school game and they're holding the ball for like three minutes, and he sees that. He sees why, but why can you not have a shot clock in high school? You know who doesn't need a shot clock? Who's that? Ryan McMahon. No, he doesn't. Who absolutely went off last time out. Let's hear from him for the big game tonight. You guys um, not afloat, but kept you guys on this upward trajectory. Yeah, I mean that's the focal point of our our team. Um, that's what Coach Mack likes to make our identities: toughness and defense. We have a goal to be a top twenty defensive team. I think as of right now, we're thirteenth. So the thing about defense is, you know, you can always control it. It's you can be consistent with it, and sometimes you just can't control when the ball is going in the hole. Um, 
but if you stick to your defensive principles, intensity, effort, energy, all that kind of stuff, uh, all you have to do is be able to put the ball in the hole a little bit more than the other team. You can still win games. When you guys played zone um, at Boston College for a little bit, um, what was it like just having to actually use that for an extended period of time in a game? I know you guys had practiced it, but for, for you particularly? Yeah, it, it was a little bit of a challenge just because we haven't practiced it much all year. Um, but Coach Patino used that a zone, not the same zone, but we played a lot more zone when he was here, so I have a little bit more um, experience than maybe some of the other guys on the team um, in that. And then I think Coach was just re- kind of relying on my basketball IQ to be able to understand the defense despite us not practicing it very much. So I think that's why he wanted me out there. How would you rate yourself as a defensive player, particularly considering where you were a couple of years ago? I think I'm I'm an above average defender. I mean, there's times where I can struggle against maybe quicker athletic, more athletic guards, but um, there's so much more to defense than just on-ball defense, and a lot of people don't realize that. Um, Another thing is just, you know, I see, you know, my lack of size. Sometimes guys shoot over me, but we're, we're in one of the best conferences in the country, and I'm shorter than guys, and I shoot over guys that are taller than me. So um, you can nitpick any, you know, any part of someone's game defensively, but and I take pride in being, you know, one of the higher defensive ratings when we, when we chart things um, every game. I'm more concerned with, my defensive rating after a game than I am with how many points I scored or how well I played in the offensive end just because I know that's in this system how you stay on the court is just your defense so um, I think I've definitely improved especially since I was a freshman here I think Coach Mack's system works a lot better for me than maybe Coach Patino's because you don't have to pressure the ball 94 feet and get out in passing lanes and you know try to get steals and stuff like that. You just have to be solid and keep your man in front of you and make them take shots over the top of you. Do you think this team's offense is getting better? And if so, how? I don't know. I don't know about better. I think we might be sharing the ball a little bit better than we were at a midpoint in our season. But in the beginning of the season, I feel like we were like one of the top five offensive teams in the country. And we started facing some better competition and went through a little spurt where we were struggling to put the ball in the hole a little bit and had to rely on our defense a little bit more like we were talking about earlier. Um, But we're kind of getting in our groove, getting back in rhythm. Um, I think you're seeing how many weapons we have as a team. And uh, that's that's going to be in our favor, especially towards the end of the year. Go ahead. Let's follow that up. One thing that hasn't been good in the last couple of games is the turnovers. Yeah. What do you attribute that to, and how do you fix it? Um, you can attribute it to a lot of different things. Um, the teams we're playing, the competition, the style that they play. Um, but you can also attribute it to us just being careless with the ball. And uh, I mean, it's not like we're trying to turn the ball over. Um, but sometimes it just happens, and I think uh, once we see a few possessions where we turn the ball over once or twice, I think we all have to hold ourselves accountable and and 
really make sure that the, in the in the future possessions we are extra careful with the ball and maybe not make as many chances or take as many chances with the with the basketball and just get a decent shot up because you know kind of like a lot of things in basketball they it can kind of snowball effect and it can get contagious one guy's turn the ball over then the other guy then the other guy and that's how you end up with 18 or something turnovers like we had in the last game so um we've been working on ball handling drills and taking care of the ball and everything in practice so it's not like we're trying to turn the ball over but um i think that's been a strong suit of our team throughout the year so we're going to get back to that you mentioned you guys are 13th in, in a defensive uh, measurement. Do you, do you look at points per possession or defensive field goal percentage or points allowed, or what are the, the numbers that are important to you guys as a team? I think Coach Mack just looks at the Ken Palm rating, defensive, defensive efficiency. That kind of encompasses all those things that you were just talking about um, and, and really just ranks the teams in the country based on almost every defensive stat you can imagine. So. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. 